New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. It is only through a change in human consciousness that the world will be transformed. The personal and the planetary are connected. As we expand our awareness of mind, body, psyche, and spirit, and bring that awareness actively into the world, so also will the world be changed. This is our quest as we explore new dimensions. Casey is considered the godmother of women's recovery books and is a leading voice in the art of compassion, acceptance, creativity, and mindfulness. She started her addiction recovery journey in 1974, and on her road to recovery from alcohol and drugs, she joined Al-Anon and then AA. However, even after 18 months of being sober, she felt a profound emptiness and deep despair. It was then she experienced a literal angel knocking on her door, which moved her from the potential of committing suicide to a path of connecting with what she describes as her higher power, which has served as her guide ever since. Here we'll be exploring the lessons and wisdom she has learned and has shared with literally millions through her books, lectures, and webinars. Her insights are reminders of what we inherently know but need to rediscover for ourselves again and again. Dr. Karen Casey, who received her PhD in philosophy with an emphasis on Native American studies, is an accomplished author with over two dozen books, including Each Day, A New Beginning, Daily Meditations for Women, which I might add that is in its 40th anniversary edition. She is also the author of 52 Ways to Live the Course in Miracles, Cultivate a Simpler, Slower, More Love-Filled Life. Karen's focus as a writer and spiritual teacher is to strengthen our connection to a higher power, which is the invisible source of inspiration, guidance, strength, and wisdom available to each of us. Join us for the next hours. we explore how we may live with greater joy and intentionality with our guest, Dr. Karen Casey. I'm speaking with Karen in her home by remote connection. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I'll be your host. Welcome to New Dimensions. Karen, welcome. Oh, thank you, Justine. I'm just delighted to be here. I've heard marvelous things about you and your program, and uh, I'm just so glad that I get to be a guest on it. 
Oh, I'm, I share your excitement about having you as a guest. It's my honor to have you and just talk about this wonderful subject and go back into a little bit of your background so our listeners can know you came into Al-Anon. You were like 35 years old. So tell us, what made you decide to go to Al-Anon in the first place? All right. Well, you know, um, as is true for a lot of people, I think that codependency was a primary struggle that I had. And I'm inclined to think that I might have been born codependent. And that was, in fact, uh, what made the draw to alcohol at age 13 so appealing to me. Because my focus had so often been on other people and how I was being perceived by others and how I could hold them hostage so that I would not feel alone and rejected. And that is who I grew up being. Well, what do you mean? I want to ask you, what hold them hostage? What does that mean, Karen? In, in essence, to um, cling to them and not let them um, escape. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, codependent people, men or women, really do cling to their partners. It's a way of trying to control the partner, but it's really a way of trying to find peace within themselves. Because if they can hold somebody else hostage, then they don't feel alone and fearful. And that is really what codependency is so often about. It's a, it's about, I mean, we think it's about taking charge of others, and that's part of it. But it's taking charge of others so that we feel greater peace, greater ease. And my first husband, to whom I was married for 12 years, we met while we were at Purdue University. We were married for 12 years, and it was really a very crazy alcoholic marriage. And um, certainly I was as sick with alcoholism as he was. But, of course, it was easy to focus on him because his acting out was more obvious than my own. But at the end of that marriage, I ended up choosing other people so similar to him. Mm. And that is what ultimately led me into Al-Anon in 1974 because I was involved in a relationship. And that individual went to treatment and his counselor said to me, I think you should go to Al-Anon. And at uh, that point, I had never heard of Al-Anon. So about what year was that? 74. That was 1974. And by that time, uh, my first husband and I had moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota. He was pursuing a PhD in American studies which unfortunately, because of his alcoholism, he never did finish. But um, that's why we ended up here, where I still am in Minneapolis. And um, But I went to Al-Anon not having any idea what to expect, Justine. And many of our listeners, um, many of whom may be familiar or not, I went to Al-Anon absolutely mystified, not knowing what it was going to be about. Had never having heard of Al-Anon before, 
Al-Anon is primarily for people who are working with other people who are living with other people who have addictions. That's right. Al-Anon is really kind of, it's for the families of alcoholics. And that's why that gentleman said to me, you need to go to Al-Anon. Well, you know, I walked into that first Al-Anon meeting and I was absolutely dumbfounded. Because it was an experience unlike any experience I had ever had before. I was the kind of individual who was never comfortable going into a setting where I knew nobody, which is kind of a classic symptom, too, mm. of the codependent. And um, But I walked into this setting of men and women, approximately 30 people there, and I immediately felt at ease. There was some sense of welcome that I felt from those people. And as I sat down, um, and they were all so friendly to me and to each other. And as I sat down, it, it felt as though I was at home, which was a feeling I had not ever had before. My own home uh, growing up had never been nurturing. And it was really because of struggles within my own family, not alcoholic struggles, but other kinds of struggles in my family. And so so it was the most unusual experience I had ever had up to that point in time. And I sat there and I thought, this is a place I will return to because of how good it felt. But, but I expected an Al-Anon. Honestly, I expected that they would hand me a little leaflet that said, here's what you do if you want that partner of yours to quit drinking. (laughs) I thought (laughs) Al-Anon was about my stopping him from drinking. And of course, that isn't what Al-Anon is about at all. Al-Anon is about ourselves um, learning how to handle our own lives, be comfortable with who we are. And so I left kind of dismayed that they didn't give me that. (laughs) I saw on the wall the whole list of the 12 steps um, that are really the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous that are adapted for Al-Anon. And and I thought, oh dear, I don't know that this will ever work for me because there were references to God. And at that point, Mm. I just was, you know, I was working on my doctorate. It was like, you know, I didn't have a relationship with God. That wasn't who I saw myself as being. Uh, And so I thought, oh, I don't know that this will work. But, you know, but the feeling caught me. And, And I knew that I wanted more of it. And the funny thing, Justine, is that they sent me home that night, not with that list, of here's what you do to keep that person from drinking, but a little daily meditation book for Al-Anon, one day at a time in Al-Anon. And they said, well, now you take this home and you come back next week. And it never occurred to me that, in fact, you read one page a day. Mm-hmm. It never occurred to, I never knew, I'd never heard of a meditation book before. And I went home and I read it cover to cover. <laughs> you know, the high Western achiever. <laughs> yeah, right. And so I, I did. I went back that next week and they said, well, now, how are you? And I said, oh, I'm just fine. I finished the book. 
And they they all just laughed and said, well, you know, uh, perhaps you didn't notice that it's you just read a page a day. So we suggest you just start over with today's date and read it one page at a time. But, you know, today I look back at that, Justine, and I, I just kind of chuckle because I think, you know, I never heard of a meditation book. And it was kind of like God's little joke, because then ultimately I was to write so many meditation books mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. with that first one being each day a new beginning. So Al-Anon became a regular practice. Now, I didn't stay completely committed from 74 on, because I ended up then getting into Alcoholics Anonymous in 76. And I had a sponsor who said, why don't you just focus on AA for a while? Mm-hmm. But then I have gone back. Then I went back to Al-Anon too. And so I've been doing both programs for most of these 47 years that I have been sober oh, in AA. Wow. wow. Long time. Mm-hmm. Long, long, long time. Long I want to remind our listeners, this is just such a thank you so much for sharing like so vividly this story we're just right here with you and and many of us have experienced some of the same things so many of us have gone through Al-Anon or AA or in some recovery program so we're right there with you and I want to remind our listeners that I'm here with Karen Casey And she is the author of Each Day, A New Beginning, Daily Meditations for Women. And it's also for men. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And um, if you want to know more about her work, you can go to her website, womens-spirituality.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Dr. Karen Casey, and she is the author of many, many books. Her first one is, and which is still just very, very popular and in its 40th anniversary edition, Each Day a New Beginning. And also she's the author of 52 Ways to Live the Course in Miracles. And we'll be talking about that in a moment. But here we are, we're talking about you're uh Karen, you're now in AA and 
you were sober for about 18 months, you Al-Anon and AA, and finally you got really sober. But there was something missing. And I think that this is an important like point. You said that they were talking about God, and we know that going to any of these meetings, they talk about the higher power and and all of that. And and some of us have some resistance about that or or feel a little left out of that that part of the whole meetings. How was that for you? Well, you know, it's interesting, Justine, because when I went to the meeting, I would feel very connected because I would be, I think part of the connection I felt was because I felt so connected to the other people that I sat with. And so I felt the comfort that they felt. And so I would go to the meeting and feel just fine. But then I would go home and I would feel that sense of emptiness and it would gnaw at me. But because I went to so many meetings, you know, a sense of connection was was kept alive. But I, I think after about 18 months, you know, I was just kind of at my wit's ends. It's like, why can't I feel what my friends are feeling? You know, what, what do they have that I don't have? And I had read a, a very interesting book by um, Matthew Fox titled The Musical Mystical Bear. And in that book, he says, don't make such a mystery of your connection to God. Just simply have a cup of coffee. Talk to him like a friend. And, and I would try that, and, and that would seem to work. But it still wasn't sustaining me. And so after 18 months, um, I honestly, I just sat in my apartment, and I thought, you know, this is just not going to work. I never had any thought from the time I went to that first AA meeting of ever taking a drink again. But it seemed totally sensible to me to simply take my life. Mm. It felt as though, um, and you know, I had no anxiety about it. That idea had crossed my mind, Justine, many times earlier in life. I mean, I, as a child, I would feel at times, you know, it wouldn't matter if I wasn't here. Would anybody really notice? Is would, Those kind of ideas would pass through my mind. And it, it wasn't because it wasn't, I'm sure, a loving family, but I could never feel that love mm. because of the struggles within the family. At any rate, after 18 months, it was like, you know, I think it's time to go. And it felt like a totally normal decision to make. And so I, I, I had not gone to the classes I was teaching at the university while I was in graduate school, um, not making much money, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> I was living in a $100 a month apartment, so that lets you know how much money I was making. But, of course, you know, this is a long, long time ago. <clears throat> and so anyway... I thought, you know, I'm just going to turn on the gas. And I rolled up all my towels to tuck in around the windows. It was a one-bedroom apartment. 
And uh, it did not seem like a big deal. It seemed like the most ordinary decision that I could make. And so I, I sat there for a minute before I tucked in those towels. I just sat there for a minute, um, kind of thinking, thinking it through. And, and, and knowing in my heart it felt fine. Not feeling like I needed to reach out. Not feeling like I needed to call anybody, to tell anybody what I was going to do. <clears throat> I was just going to take a trip. Well, I, I think as you describe all of this, it's it, we can just be there with you in that, I would call it extreme isolation. It was. It was. That's a perfect phrase to use. I felt this extreme isolation from, from every, from the idea of the presence, whatever that presence might be that I would occasionally get a drift of at a meeting, I would feel none, I felt none of that in that moment. And so I was ready to get up and take that next step. And there was a loud knock at the door. And I thought, oh my gosh, who could be coming at this point? And the, loud, and the knock was persistent and it came again and again. And I finally walked over to the door and I said, well, who's there? And I heard this woman's voice and she said, Pat. And as though I should know her. <laughs> and I said, Pat? And she said, and she told me her last name. And she said, you and I have an appointment. And, and I opened the door just a little. And I saw this woman, this beautiful, tall, red-haired woman with her hair up in a bun on the back. I had never laid eyes on her before. She said, "We have. I'm a financial planner, and we have an appointment to talk about your finances. She pulled out her little daily planner. You remember those from years ago? Way before pulling out a right. cell phone. I, 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 still keep, I still keep one as a backup. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sure enough, there is my name. And it was like, oh, my gosh. And she said, yes, we have an appointment. And, and it's my intention that we keep, that I like to keep the appointments I've made with people. And she kind of pushed her way in. I mean, she wasn't really uh, obnoxious at all, but she was a bit assertive. And, and the way I was feeling, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know what to do, really. And I just kind of backed up. And she came in and she said, are you okay? And I said, no, not really. I said, I'm, I'm feeling pretty depressed. And she just walked right into my kitchen and sat down, and uh, which was kind of a surprise. <laughs> I followed her into my kitchen. <laughs> she said nothing about the towels on my table. Um, but she said, you know, I'm familiar with depression. And I said, oh? And she said, you know, I've had depression too. And she said, you know, my husband is a recovering alcoholic and he suffers from depression frequently. And it was like, oh my gosh. And she said, you know, what I've discovered from my reading is that the kind of depression you're talking about, because I said, I felt like I was just over this abyss that, that there was 
nothing to hang on to. And she said, you know, what, what I want you to realize is that you're on the precipice of a spiritual awakening. And she said, that's what's next for you. And she said, there's a name for this, and it's called chemicalization. And she said, if you want to read more about it, there is a book by Catherine Ponder called The Dynamic Laws of Healing, where she talks about chemicalization. And so she said, I want you to just know that God is present on the other side of this abyss. And you simply need to reach your hand across because God is right there waiting. And you are at, she said, I, I'm actually envious of where you are right now because of this spiritual awakening that is awaiting you. And within moments, she stood up and walk toward the door. And she said, you know, I believe my business here is done. And she looked at me, not one word about finances had ever been mentioned. <laughs> she looked back at me and she reached her arms out toward me. And she gave me a big hug and she said, Karen, I just want you to know that everything is okay. God is right here now. And she walked out. And I never laid eyes on her again. And so I, I mean, I, I just kind of stood there. It still gives me, if you were right here with me, mm -hmm. you would see the goosebumps. I, I still know that she was, in my mind, she was a, an angel on assignment. And had she not shown up, I would not be here talking to you because it would have been over. Absolutely. It was, it, it, I mean, it was just this most incredible experience. And I didn't know how to ever tell anybody else at that time about what had happened. All I knew is that a woman, an angel, who I'd never seen before, had literally changed my life, had given me my life back by the words that she said. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I just think about that. And I, I really believe that our, we are encountering angels throughout our life all the time. That we maybe don't recognize it, but you know, when we meet that person unexpectedly on the street who says just that right thing that kind of changes how we feel in that moment, you know, I, I look at all of those as I don't believe there are any accidental encounters in our lives that we keep encountering those very people, those very comments that are meant for us. She's certainly changed my life. Exactly. And sometimes uh, those comments are not pleasant always. That's true. And that sometimes they come and then we go, oh, that's a challenge, or oh, I disagree with that one, or oh, that makes me angry, or yeah. and, and it elicits some response from us. But 
ultimately, then there's some gift in that is, I think, what you're saying. I love that. There is a gift. You know, a bit later in my life, I had an experience that, in fact, wasn't a pleasant um, encounter. And there was an incredible gift in it. But at the time, it was like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen now? I want to hear about that gift, but I I just need to remind our listeners that I'm here with Dr. Karen Casey, and she is the author of many, many books, including Each Day, A New Beginning, Daily Meditations for Women. Also, one other book I'll mention is 52 Ways to Live the Course in Miracles. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Dr. Karen Casey. And Karen, we we were just talking about how angels come into our lives. And you recognize Pat as an angel on assignment, you called it. And we were just talking about other people. There are no accidental people in our lives. And sometimes they're not pleasant. And you were talking about one that wasn't pleasant, but yet really taught you something yes and and it's really I I think of that this next story with a different kind of fondness but but I'm I'm really I love to recall the setting I had finished my dissertation you know 300 pages is a mighty undertaking (laughs) and all of the people on my committee had read read my dissertation and given it glowing glowing comments, except for one man. And there's always that one. And and he hadn't, I not I had not heard one word from him. And I contacted him and I, I said, you know, Mr. Geffen, um, we really need to talk. I need to know what you're thinking. And he it it felt like he begrudgingly made an appointment with me. I went in to see him. And I had had many courses from him. We were not strangers, but I went in to see him. And he was always one of these really gruff kinds of people. And he didn't even invite me to sit down. (laughs) The first words out of his mouth was, well, this has to be completely rewritten. And it was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, oh my my goodness. goodness Right. And I said, well, um, you know, my orals are set for three weeks from now. And um, he said, well, now that's not my fault. And, and at that point, I sat down and I said, well, would you be willing to at least go through it partly with me to let me know your objections? Because um, I don't know how to address those objections if I don't know what they are to you. And I said, all of the other committee have approved it glowingly. And then he just kind of grunted (laughs) that was kind of who he was like a so what (laughs) yeah Yeah, right 
But he, he said, well, okay. For three and a half hours, we sat in his office. And I tell you, it was the most interesting three and a half hours probably of my life to date. It was as though I was having an out-of-body experience. I could see myself looking down on the two of us. He asked questions that I really didn't even hear. I gave answers that I didn't even hear. But there was dialogue going on for three and a half hours, at which time he said, I'm totally satisfied. This is perfect. Signed his name across it, handed it to me and said, I'll be at the oral. I, I was dumb. I was utterly dumbstruck because none of it was I even, I, I didn't even feel as though I was present for any of that exchange. I had never had an out-of-body experience before. I could not have told anybody what it was like, but I, I knew what was happening that afternoon. I could literally feel myself above that conversation, a conversation that I never heard one word of. I left his office and I went out in the hall in search of a payphone, you know, back in those days, in search of That's a payphone. Right. To call my husband, my my second husband, and say, well, I don't know what happened, but God showed up. Oh, my goodness. There and it is. There, it, there is. it is. You know, when I think back on that, too, you know, it was every bit as crucial as the experience with Pat. And yet it was so different. It was mystical, and and I I would say mystical because it it's it's the mystery. It's beyond the rational brain, Absolutely. so to speak. Absolutely, and you know when I went to the oral, then three weeks later, you know I had meditated before going in because I thought you know I I don't know what this is really going to be like. You know, you're sitting in a room with my my uh, the director of my dissertation, the major professor in, in this room of five other people, one woman and four men. And I, I didn't really know what to expect. But, um, and again, it was as though somebody else showed up. You know, it, you know all of, I, I couldn't tell you today I couldn't even have told you after I walked out of that room, who asked me what? Mm. All I knew is that we had a, a two-hour give and take. Mm -hmm. And when it was over, Mr. Sibley said, Karen, you'll have to wait outside while we discuss this. And, um, and then he came out and said, and reached out his hand, and he said, well, I'm happy to say, I'm happy to call you doctor. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It, it, I mean, it was just, um, you know, I, I feel like God has absolutely, and for somebody who came into these rooms not having any sense, not growing up in a home 
where there was any emphasis on that. Uh, coming into the rooms of Al-Anon and then AA thinking, I don't know that this can work for me because I don't believe in God. And then having, having a presence be so powerful in my life at so many crucial moments. And what I've come to believe so completely is that it doesn't matter to God if we're not aware. Oh, there we go. Offer. I love it. Yeah. You know, Karen, this really takes me to something that that you is in your writings, in your books. And uh, this has to do with the ego versus um, the higher power. Right. And I, I'd love for you to say, because it seems like what you've described is a a moment where you're just in the flow of higher power and, right. and outside of that ego self. So talk about the, those two different aspects of our human existence. Okay, because, you know, I think that the ego is, is always really trying to set us up for struggles. And, and it, I believe, actually, and, and this, I, I've become really a committed Course in Miracles student over all these many, more than 30, 35 years, um, that we have two voices in our minds. We have the voice of the ego, who is always wanting to lead us astray, always wanting us to interpret everything as a potential attack, is always wanting us to um, measure ourselves against others, and be either superior or inferior. But there's this other voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice that says, you're fine, all is well. What's right and true about you is that you are spirit and only spirit. And that this ego that, and, and, and actually the two are not really even aware of each other. You know, the ego is not even aware of the spirit part of my mind. And spirit has no reason to be aware of the ego part of my mind. Because according to the Course, and according to how spirit sees everything, it's the only truth there is. It's the ultimate truth about who I am. Now, because of this classroom... Uh, this classroom of chaos, of wars, of, of fights, right. you know, of, of anger on street corners and country versus country, this classroom that the ego has created, it feels very real and very powerful. Well, Karen, I want to ask you, though, um, because if you're talking about the ego, we're, you're not talking about our ability to be rational and analytical, and to be able to do, to perform certain things that can be very beneficial to life, and to our own lives, and to the lives of those we love. So there's our analytical abilities. Now, the ego part that you are talking about is not that part. No, that's right. right. So I, I want right. to kind of... Right, because... You know, as far as 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 far as how um, science looks at it, or as far as 
psychiatry looks at it, there is the healthy ego and the unhealthy ego. You know, and that what we want to have is a healthy ego. That really falls into a different category than than the way the Course in Miracles looks at it. But I also think that when we're looking at it from that perspective, from the healthy versus unhealthy ego, we're really looking at a healthy ego that says, I choose to be kind. I choose to look at life in a more positive way. I choose to look at life in a healthy, helpful way. And that would be more aligned with how God would want us to look at life. So, you know, what I do, and I, I really, and partly it's it's with age, I suppose. I'm coming up on 84 real mm-hmm. soon. <laughs> Congratulations. But, yeah, right. And, you know, what I have decided is I really want my life to be real simple. And so what I want to do is to look at everything and say, do I want to make an issue of this? And the unhealthy ego says, of course you do. You want to fight. <laughs> right. You know, you, let's you, get you into the right. into yeah. the boxing ring and let's fight with yeah. it. Right. And but but the healthier part of my mind, the more spirit-filled part of my mind, says, what can we do here that would be helpful to all? What might I do here that injures no one? You know, there is a prayer in the early pages of A Course in Miracles, the very early pages, in fact, on page 28, and it says, I am here only to be truly helpful. Mm -hmm. I am here to represent him who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do, because he who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me oh beautiful and and I do and I really I really try to let that guide me not just on a daily basis but throughout the day when I'm confronted by those situations where what do I do here well what is the most helpful thing to do oh beautifully said how, how how can I make this life better Beautifully said. I'm here with Dr. Karen Casey. She is the author of Each Day a New Beginning and also 52 Ways to Live the Course in Miracles, as well as many other books. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions.
I'm here with Dr. Karen Casey, and she's the author of Each Day, A New Beginning. And we're also talking about The Course in Miracles. And I wanted to just tell a little story of my own because it happened today. And it has to do when we're talking about being in that flow, I'm thinking of the quote that you have in your book about the the Chinese who say that water is the most powerful element because it is perfectly non-resistant. It can wear away rock and sweep all before it. And you go on to say resistance most of us learn, heightens the adversity. So just as I was kind of going over my notes and got to that part in my notes where I, you know, was talking about resistance, heightens adversity, and goes on about acceptance of the condition. And then I get a phone call from a very dear friend of mine for many, many years, and she's in her 90s. And I called her a couple of weeks ago, and she was calling me and as if I had just called her yesterday. (laughs) And we were talking, and she said, first of all, let me say, she has been just diagnosed with macular degeneration. That's like about her eyesight is now being really tremendously affected. And she has this extraordinary sense of acceptance of this condition just it's just extraordinary and so she said you know I'm moved to let you know I just got something from a friend of mine and I wanted to send it to you this morning and it's an Aesop's fable from um you know those wonderful stories and it's Hercules and the apple and it's a story about how Hercules uh, was walking down a path and he sees an apple and he decides to crush it with his heel and he steps on it. And when he steps on it, suddenly it gets bigger. And then he's thinking, whoa, he's astonished at that. And so then he decides to just jump on it with both feet and then it gets bigger. And then he decides to take out a sword and start to really fight with it. And it gets so big, it just blocks the whole road. And that's when um, the goddess uh, appeared to him and said, dear brother, leave that thing alone. It is the spirit of argument and disharmony. If you keep touching it, you will do harm. But as you see, if you try to fight it, it only grows greater. But if you leave it alone, it won't do any harm. And that that story came in just this morning as I was preparing for this interview, for this moment, this deep dialogue with you, Karen. And I just felt like, ah, there's an example of an angel coming in with the right thing, just in the right moment that is just so in tune. Do you hear you? you yes, hear? absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, the, and the fable itself so, you know, so beautifully describes that which we fight gets larger. That which we focus on grows. And, and um, you know, and that's 
in AA, we say that all the time. You, you focus on a problem, you only make it bigger. You know, the solution is within the problem. Open yourself to the solution. Exactly. But it, it, but also you really point out, I think so well is okay. So we see problems in the world and we want to be of help. We want to make a difference. We want to. And as you said in the last segment, you know, uh, how can I want to be helpful? And so what is mostly helpful? And that's where you help guide us back to paying attention to the gifts we are here to bring, what it is that we have, what is our purpose here, and how can I be of help in this moment in within my circle of influence? And that really helped me. I mean, when I look at all the problems in the world, I think, oh my gosh, I need to help with this one and this one and this one. And I can go like a chicken with my head cut off. Right. And and you're saying, okay, go refocus, take it back and look at what is my purpose? Right. What are the gifts I have to bring? What is What do I value? And how can I be effective in in the help I can give. Am I getting that right? Absolutely. Because I think that every moment that we encounter others and we treat them with kindness, we are adding uh, a we are adding love to the vibration in the universe. And I really think we may think that that's not doing anything. On the contrary, I think that that's doing a great deal. I think that that every time we, with intention, treat others with kindness and love, we are absolutely, we are taking a stand that is crucial as far as turning this world around. You know, I think that none of us probably um, or, or not many of us are going to march across many countries and make a difference over in the Ukraine right now. But I think that what I can do at the grocery store by being really loving and kind and helpful to somebody who is maybe struggling to get her groceries to her car right. is in its own way making a difference. You know, I believe in, I'm sure you're familiar with the butterfly effect, mm. that whatever we do has a ripple effect that goes on and on and on and on. So mm. I, I really have this, it's maybe simplistic of me, I don't know, but I have this feeling that whenever I do an act of kindness, it multiplies because we know when somebody is, is being kind to us, that it makes us want to be kind ourselves. Exactly, exactly. And, and that is really how change occurs. And there's another point that you, you're making there, and that's the point of being fully attentive to what is in front of us in this moment. Right, absolutely. This very moment. This is the moment 
that we have been given to make a difference in. And, you know, we all, all of us are, are constantly having the opportunity to make a difference. And, you know, I think that, that one of the kindest gifts we can give one another is our rapt attention when we are encountering somebody. You know, I mean, you know how good it feels to have, to, to be noticed when you go in someplace to have somebody make eye contact. And how easy it is to... Especially for us gray-haired ones. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, there are so many teeny tiny ways that we can make a difference. You know, I, I so often think about Mother Teresa, and I know you've heard this too, because she, she said in this years ago, be kind to everyone and start with the person standing next to you. Mm. And, you know, I mean, I think it goes back to something that simple. You know, it's not about, it's not about doing something great. It's about doing something kind and tiny that makes a difference. You know, all of us will make a difference that counts. I remember a story that a coworker told me years ago. He was living in Florida and there was a, a storm and there were all these uh, airlines that had to, uh, to cancel their flights. So there were a lot of angry people lined up and Tom noticed that there was one woman at the counter who just handled this seemed to do it really well. And when he finally got up to the counter, he said, how are you doing that so well? How how can you do this? And she said, oh, well, uh, I'm just with one person at a time. <laughs> and uh, you yeah. know, and it's, it's like that. It's like you're saying that which is in front of us, one task at a time, one one moment of kindness at a time, and it adds up. It does. It really does. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Karen, you know, our conversation has been so engrossing for me. You you have such a beautiful way of sharing your life experience with me and now with our listeners. And we can feel it on a very different level because you are so present with it. And I know that you're telling some stories you've told before, but I feel like if you're telling them for the first time right here, right now, thank you so much for being with us. And I want to remind our listeners that I am here with Dr. Karen Casey, and she's the author of many, many books calling Each Day a New Beginning, Daily Meditations for Women. And we didn't get into, this is also for men, it's for all of us. And then 52 Ways to Live a Course in Miracles. And both of those books I recommend highly. And here we are. If you want to know more about her work, her webinars, her lectures, and all of her books, go to her website, womens-spirituality.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You've been listening to New Dimensions. 
This is program number 3790. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. You can also subscribe to our free weekly podcasts and find over a thousand hours of audio dialogues in our searchable archive. New Dimensions is produced by New Dimensions Radio in Santa Rosa, California, USA. Our executive producer is Justine Willis-Toms. Our post-production editor is Lou Judson. For over four decades, New Dimensions has been producing weekly conversations at the leading edge. We sincerely thank all of you who have supported us by being members of Friends of New Dimensions as well as members of our affiliate stations. My name is Dan Drayson. On behalf of everyone at New Dimensions whose endeavors make this program possible, I'm wishing you well. New Dimensions Radio is an independent producer supported by listener contributions. To find out more about the program you've just heard, to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter and our New Dimensions and New Dimensions Cafe podcasts, and to access thousands of other programs in the New Dimensions archive, please visit our website, newdimensions.org. That's newdimensions.org. Or call us at 707-468-5215. That's 707-468-5215. Please join us next time as we explore New Dimensions.